somebody asked uh, Karl Barth, the great German theologian, to uh, put into words the meaning of the gospel. And he said that the meaning of the gospel is found uh, in its best expression in that little song that we just sang. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's true. Well, we're going to switch gears a bit here, and I need some help. <laughs> I need a lot of help. But I, I definitely need some help with this. Uh, this uh, it's not really a sermon this morning. It's, it's kind of an experience, which I think, by the way, is really what sermons should be. They should be some kind of an experience rather than you sitting and passively listening to uh, someone like me go on and on. But I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some volunteers to help illustrate uh, a popular parable that Jesus um, told. I can see you getting nervous. You know, it's always interesting when you say, I need volunteers, and you see the eyes drop, and people start scratching the back of their head. But, um, but you know, I figured it would be probably difficult to find volunteers, so I chose some people. Um, and I, I'm appreciative of that. Um, we are going to experience the parable of the sower this morning. I, your pastor, just returned from sabbatical, will be the narrator. And you, the congregation, and all of you, by the way, will be participating, some a bit more than others. So, thank you for your volunteering, and here's the volunteers. Um, We need, for this uh, experience, we need good soil, we need rocky soil, we need thorny soil, and we need soil along the path, and all of you will be the soil. In fact, I just happen to have some signs and if Andy Barefoot would help me pass these out, um, Claudine Beckley, on her way out of town, put these together for us. So we have the good soil. We're going to have four parts to the congregation. You can just choose wherever. Scott, would you deposit the thorny soil? And now, Steve, you have that sign. So if you are the one who receives a sign, you're going to have to hold that thing up. Okay? So everybody can see it. Okay? Good job. Sandy Hoppenrath is the thorny soil. The rocky soil is rich Stanton. Okay. And then we have the soil along the path. And it looks like Rick Villanueva. Way to go. Okay. So, Nathan, are you going to be the uh, thorny soil sign man? Okay. There will be times when you need to hold those up. Okay. Now we need some other people. We need some seeds. Okay. Some seed. Look at this volunteering stuff going on. Okay. Well, Troy Hoppenrath, thank you for volunteering to be a seed. Come on up. I understand you can preach, but can you be a seed? That's the question. Okay. Um, another seed. Uh, Jannie, Ba, would you come up and be a seed, please? It's a great way to get introduced to the congregation. Some of you may never come back. Jannie, thank you. Dax, you're here. Come on up. Soraya, come on up. Okay, we have our, our four seeds. And then um, we also need two birds. Um, and I'm thinking that, that Christina would be a great bird. What do you think, Christina? Come on up. And uh, where's Juliet? Juliet, would you like to be a bird this morning? Okay, Juliet. All right, Juliet's a bird. And then uh, we, need the, uh, we need two more things. We need a sower. And we need a throne. Scott, I know you've already done this, but you were on my list early on. I'd like you to be the sower, if you would. Come on up, sower. No clam dancing. Okay. And I I think we'll forego the throne because the idea is that the throne is down on all fours and somebody like Scott sits on the throne. 
but we won't do that. Okay, so here's our cast. Give them a hand. Now, here's, here's how this is going to work. You have to listen carefully because at certain points throughout this parable, you're going to be asked to, to do something. She's looking at me like, I can't believe you asked me to do you, you, you know how this works, right? Now, and you all, the soil, you're going to be asked to do things too, like repeat things in unison. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'll ask you to do some things too. So, are we ready? Um, let's have the seeds over here, Troy. Sorry. The birds are going to be in the back. The two birds are going to be t- back there together, squawking and squealing and making bird sounds. Okay, are you ready? This does have a serious point to it at some point, too, so hang in there if you're a serious type of person. Well, once a sower took his needle and thread and began... No, wait a minute. Once... Wrong kind of sowing. Okay, S-O-W, right? Okay. Once a sower, that is a farmer, planted his seeds. He watched, hopefully, as the seeds scattered and skipped through the fields. They scattered and skipped. They made seed noises. They made seed noises as they scattered and skipped, and they looked for a place to land. They scattered and skipped. And they landed rather quickly in some cases. Wiping the sweat from his brow, the sower watched hopefully, waiting for the seeds to bear fruit. With a loud voice, he sat down on the stage... And he cheered loudly for the four seeds. Seed one, Soraya. Seed one was a healthy, hopeful seed. She danced through the fields. She stretched her little arms into a good diving posture. She made seed noises as she skipped. And she looked for a place to burrow in, to burrow in, into the dirt. It had been a long journey, and seed number one began looking for a place to land. It happened to fall on the soil along the path. Seed one whined loudly, like, ouch, this soil is totally hard. Like, ouch, this soil is totally hard. It, it's like so pathetic. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, whatever. And the seed lay uncomfortably, lay uncomfortably on top of the soil. <laughs> twisting and turning, trying to get comfortable. Suddenly, suddenly the birds flapping their wings... Flew toward the seed, did some bird calls, screeched like birds, and snatched up the seed and flew away. Snatched up the seed and flew away. The sower, who's still engaged in this drama, was disappointed and he was angry. He said, man, that soil was for the birds. And no one laughed. But he just stayed seated. Okay. Seed number two. 
Dax. Blew all the way to the Avery farm on the opposite side of the room. Blew all the way. Where it fell on rocky soil. Oh, heart on rocky soil. There wasn't much soil. And the rocky soil, all of the soil, looked at seed number two. This is so bad. Looked at seed number two. And in unison, the soil cried out, Yo, Adrian! Anybody get that? Okay. Seed two, seed two did look promising. It sprung up, began to dance around, pounding its chest, waving its hands in the air like a champion, like Rocky. The sower even stood to his feet. The sower stood to his feet. And he began to sing, Rocky, my soul in the bosom of Avery's land. Avery's land, and he sat down. But alas, the rocky soil, which is chattering loudly, grew quiet, and seed two got discouraged because no one would root for him. So seed two cried, Oh, the soil is too shallow, he said. As if that wasn't bad enough, the sower watched as the sun beat down and scorched seed number two, which quickly withered and died. The sower pounded his hands together and said, Curses. Curses. Soiled again. Soiled again. The thorny soil, the thorny soil, thank you, Nathan, was only too willing to welcome seed number three. Janny Baugh, seed number three. Yet as soon as seed number three got settled down into the thorny soil, things got ugly in a hurry. Thorns reached out and choked the life out of her as she got into the middle of the soil. Seed number three said, this soil has too many weeds and thorns. And after she said it, she gagged and she coughed. She gagged loudly and she coughed. Tried unsuccessfully to stand up and gagged and coughed some more. Then gagged and coughed again and finally fell down dead. Once again, the sower had to watch his seed die, never to produce the grain he had been hoping for. His head began to pound with pain as he thought about this tragic waste. Oh, my grain. He groaned. And as far as we know, it's the Bible's first mention of the migraine headache. Seed number four, moving right along. Seed number four, however, fell on good soil. Fell on good soil. And I mean good soil. It was welcomed. The seed was welcomed. The seed was embraced. It was patted on the back by more than one person. Its head was rubbed. 
It was given a 15 second massage. <laughs> Seed four was grateful that it had fallen here. And instead of with some of the other clods, its satisfied voice, it said, Ah, this soil is just right. It grew up and it began to go barefoot. I mean, uh, it grew up and began to bear fruit. Okay. Multiplying, multiplying many times over, repeating multiplication tables many times over. 1,743 times. God, you see, sows his seed in our hearts. That's it. Thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. Even though this was kind of a um, goofy, fun, lighthearted rendition. By the way, thank you for participating. Uh, rendition of this parable. Parables are meant to be experienced on some level. And what happens in this parable on a serious note is that you and I, as we read it, are confronted by an incredibly important question about the condition of our hearts. And I've asked Hannah to come up and read this parable so you can hear it for what it is. And as you hear, as you listen to her read, listen for the question in the parable about the condition of your heart. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this light and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. Here's the simplest meaning 
of this parable. And by the way, parables had meanings. All right? God sows his seeds. He sows his word in our hearts. In fact, it's what God does. That's what God is about. It's about sowing his word, about pursuing us in his love. Depending upon the condition of our hearts or our attitude toward God, we either spiritually flounder or we spiritually flourish. In other words, we either grow or we die. And that's the truth. And I'm wondering this morning as we gather here and um, we've had some fun. And, but on a serious note, I'm wondering about the condition of our hearts. You know, I've been off for six weeks and I was really worried about what I was going to do with six weeks of time. I'm not one who likes to spend a lot of time alone. And I wondered how it would all play out. And one of the things that happened, which was unexpected, by the way, was I had these moments of solitude. You know, I didn't go and live in a monastery for a week. I didn't intentionally do that. But I had these moments, for example, sitting on the porch, my house in the evening when it was dark. And the one thing that I began to think about was my heart. You know, Um, what do I believe about things? What do I think? What does my ministry mean? What does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to be a believer and live in the world that we live in? What does that mean? How does that work itself out? And I'm wondering this morning about your heart. You know, about your attitude, about the condition of the soil that makes up your heart. Do you take time to ask those kinds of questions? To be introspective and reflective on your own life. Is your heart like the soil along the path, for example? Dry, compacted, hard? The kind of soil that least on the surface is impenetrable, therefore unaffected by God's Word. Is yours the kind of heart that refuses to allow entry of Christian truth? You just said, no way. A hardened heart lacks an interest in spiritual things. In fact, a hardened heart considers spiritual matters unimportant, irrelevant. Some of us have been disinterested in spiritual things before we know what that's like. There's no understanding and there's no desire to gain understanding about faith. It's like, I don't care, I don't want to know, that's it. Don't bother me with information because my mind's already made up. Is that who some of you are today? Is that where you're at this morning as you sit here? Thinking, this doesn't mean anything to me. This does not connect with me. Or maybe your heart's like the rocky soil that Jesus talks about. You have good intentions. I have great intentions. You want God to do incredible things in your life. You have a vision for your life and for ministry. And you've talked incessantly about all the things that God wants you to do. But you find it difficult, if not impossible, to get started. And if you do get started, you find it impossible to finish the things that you start. Is that any of you this morning? You're easily sidetracked. You're easily discouraged by all kinds of things. And you simply throw your arms up and you say, you know what? can't do this. Beginning with Christ, saying yes to faith, 
saying yes to Jesus is easy. Some of you are newly married. Saying, I do, is easy. Living it out is the difficult thing. Following Christ day in and day out is the difficult thing, is it not? Many, many people never complete the journey. They never finish the race. They give up. I bet a number of us have given up from time to time along the way and then come back. It's too hard. It's much easier just to give up. Never finish. Either fail to count the cost or it hasn't been honestly told to them what the cost is to follow Christ or they fail to totally commit their lives to Christ. In other words, I'm going to say yes to Jesus Christ but that has no bearing really on any other part of my life. And then there's those whose hearts are like thorny soil. They're being choked off and destroyed by all kinds of cares and worries and anxieties and interests. I think many of us are like this. Our lives become complex, don't they? Think how much more complex your life is now, many of you, than it was not long ago. And we worry and we fret and we have anxiety attacks. It becomes increasingly important as we go through life to make Christ the priority, to give Him first place, as we talked about in our Colossians series. Because life does not get easier. It doesn't get easier when the kids leave home. It doesn't get easier when our babies grow up. It continues to be difficult and complex. And sometimes those things choke us off. And finally, Jesus says, there are those who have hearts that are like good soil. Rich, fertile soil where God's Word takes root. It grows, it flourishes. And I hope that many of us are on that journey. And we're somewhere like that. Those whose hearts are like good soil, says Jesus, have heard the Word. In other words, they listen because God speaks to us. They've received the Word. They've really taken it into their hearts and their minds. It really means something. And then they put it into action. They've done something with it. I believe, therefore, I do something. And many of us never get from this to doing something. Christian truth, the gospel, insists that we act, that we do something. If you believe, then you do something. People whose hearts are like good soil are active. And they allow the Word of God to inform every part of their life. Every part of their life. So do you find yourself in this parable this morning? You should. We're all in it on one level or another. And if you do find yourself in it, are you encouraged? Are you mortified? Are you discouraged? Here's the good news. No matter how you feel this morning... No matter where you're at, emotionally, God can change our hearts. Even the most dry, compacted, disinterested, hostile soil with God's relentless love and pursuit and attention can be transformed into soil that is amazing. Some of you are living examples of what God does. God is in the business of heart renovation. 
I thought, you know, in the past few months, what's the, what's the bottom line for ministry? You know, what is it that we want to talk about over and over and over in a variety of ways? Transformation. Change. God loves you, therefore God pursues you, therefore God changes you. And He's in that process with all of us. I don't care how you feel this morning. God is after you because He loves you passionately. He turns our hearts, our hardened, preoccupied hearts, into incredibly beautiful gardens where His Word takes root and grows and affects people and blesses other people and changes the world. That is the Gospel. And that's what this parable is about. So this morning, allow Christ to have your heart and to work in your life. Turn your heart over to Him. Be honest and just say, you know what? This is who I am. Have at it. If you pray that prayer, God will do that. And the the incredible thing is, as I look around and I realize this in my own life, God is at work in our lives. Apart from what we think or believe or feel, you know, if we've opened up our hearts to Christ, He is at work. And He's going to transform us ultimately. So let that be God's word to you this morning. Be encouraged. Hear the words of the parable, find yourself in it, and then take action based on what you hear God saying to you this morning.